0: this is Sarah from Better Babies and welcome to The Weekly. What is The Weekly? Well I don't know if you're anything like me but I suspect you are. I'm always dashing around and despite my very best intentions I don't always get a chance to read and digest everything that I want to. Uh, So we thought you might be the same. So we decided to create The Weekly which is a compilation of all the key themes, trends, bit of expert opinion that we've collected through the week. Now what is Better Babies for those of you who don't know? Well we are dedicated to bringing you the latest science and research plus expert opinion to help you all through your journey from conception to pregnancy to the early years. Why is this important? Well modern life looks pretty different to the one that existed even 50 years ago but in many cases the advice that we're given hasn't really changed um, and that's obviously contrasted to a lot of rubbish that's found on the internet. So we want to use modern science in a practical and easily applicable way uh, to help you and your family reduce risk wherever you can so what is on the weekly this week well actually we've had a bit of a bumper edition because we've had a few expert speakers over the last couple of weeks so we have got quite a lot to pack in But first off, we're going to be looking at the fuss around dioxins, what they are, why there is concern around diapers, tampons, and whether or not you should really be concerned and what to do about it. We're also going to be looking at stress, which is obviously something that we're all impacted in. But of course, it's really something that can play havoc with trying to conceive. Now, the worst thing that anyone who's trying to conceive and stressed can be told is not to be stressed. So again, we're trying to bring science-backed really easily applicable ways that you can actually reduce some of this stress, particularly around conception. Um, next up, we're going to be looking at iodine, um, something that a lot of us are deficient in and something that has been shown to play quite a significant role in some of the chronic diseases that are coming up these days, so we take a look at that. And then finally, just drawing on a couple of the key points that um, from a very fascinating podcast that we had last week, Um, with Catherine Arnston who is one of the leading experts in algae and we look at the top 10 things that algae can do and specifically how it can help you get rid of some of the uh, toxic heavy metal that's maybe well be in your body something you really want to do um, all throughout your journey so uh, let's kick off so let's kick off with dioxins I don't know about you, but I get really sick of hearing that it's yet another issue that we need to worry about, another toxin, another consequence of our modern life that's threatening us. Now, here at Better Babies, we really want to understand what is a real threat and whether or not we have to do something about it and if we can do something about it. Now, dioxins are an interesting one because there is absolutely no doubt about it that they are a really toxic compound. Most research out there talks about heavy exposure leading to all kinds of issues to do with brain health, immunity, developmental issues, cancer, um, reproductive issues as well. But the question, as always, with all these things is how much are we really exposed to in a realistic level and what can we actually do about it? Now, the more recent concern has been in dioxins that are contained within diapers or sanitary towels, tampons, any kind of sanitary product that's basically bleach white. So we took a look at whether or not these are really the uh, main cause of concern and what you should do about it. So taking a step back, what is the dioxin and where does it come from? Because this is important to really understand why we've got an issue and where we've got an issue. So firstly, dioxins tend to be produced by many different types of manufacturing process. Now, for our purposes, the ones um, that are particularly noted are anything that you get chlorine bleaching. So, when you see diapers and tampons, etc., they're obviously bright white, and that's because they've been bleached um, sometimes with chlorine, which causes this uh, production of dioxin. Now, what's also interesting, though, is that dioxins are a product of many, many different manufacturing processes and the trouble with them is that they actually get released into the environment and the real, real trouble, and this is important, is that they are released away from the source and then they get stored in our bodies and animals bodies in fat and unfortunately it's pretty persistent the stuff that gets stored so the average half-life i.e. the amount of time it stays in your body once you've ingested it is about 7 to 11 years. So that's really the problem but that's also where the real issue lies now we're worrying here about diapers and nappies and sanitary products but actually when you look at the numbers and the statistics and the research the u.s environmental protection agency says that actually 95 percent of the exposure we get from dioxins is actually through what we eat and that's of course because all this stuff that's in our environment gets stored in fat and we are eating animals essentially. Now what's also interesting is that plants don't have the same uh, effect actually because they lack a receptor that animals and humans have that makes dioxins pretty bad. Now this does not mean of course that you should rush out and never touch an animal product ever again. Um, of course you can do that if you if that's your choice but the important thing to note is that most countries do actually monitor the food supply and do actually monitor the production of dioxins in the first place. So you don't have to absolutely have a meltdown about this. That being said, once again, it is always all about moderation. Now here at Better Babies, we actually really like the Mediterranean diet because obviously it is a lot um, plant-based, but also of course you do have some fatty fish and that's really important because On the flip side, as with everything, there are pluses and minuses, fatty fish has a high concentration of omega-3 fatty acids, which are really important for brain development. Um, And then of course, you do need protein, um, particularly complete protein, in order to to conceive and have a healthy diet. Now, that's of course not to say that you can't get protein from plant sources, but remember, it's all about getting complete protein. Now, in fact, we've put a list of complete protein sources um, from plants up on the site in fact we're going to be talking more about one in particular which is uh, spirulina a bit later on in the show but I think it is just something to bear in mind that actually we're worried a lot about things like diapers and sanitary products but the research shows that the majority of uh, the exposure actually comes through our diet so keeping meat and fish um, to a more occasional use is probably the best way to approach it how concerned should we be about diapers and sanitary products well the reality is they do in some cases have dioxin in them however the research has shown and there's more up on betterbabies.com if you want to actually look into the research that on a relative basis these have far 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 less concentration than what we get from our food now the thing i would say however is that the research did show that a lot of these products do have added fragrance which have been shown to be real endocrine disruptors so that's imbalancing your hormones which of course can cause many issues so actually the best thing to do if you are concerned about exposure is to look for those products that aren't bleached and there are many of them now but also make sure you're also conscious of the perfume um, exposure because that is likely to disrupt your hormones so what can you do if you are concerned well obviously as we said Following a nice balanced Mediterranean diet with more plants than animals is a good start. Making sure you're getting the complete protein. Obviously making sure you consult your doctor before any major diet change. And then of course, if you do want to reduce your exposure to some of these products, then there are things that you can do. So uh, for any more, check out betterbabies.com. Okay, so next up, one of our favorite topics, stress. Stress. I always say that the most annoying thing that anyone can say to somebody who's stressed, no matter if they're trying to conceive or not, is to not be stressed because it's bad for you. We all know how difficult it is to control stress, especially of the mental kind. So here at Better Babies, what we try and do, instead of um, telling people not to do it, is to look for really practical, accessible ways that you can do anything you possibly can in order to reduce this um, and particularly the effects on your body now of course it goes without saying that the absolute primary thing to do is to try and understand what the source of stress is and to um, do something about that but that's not always possible so we try and look at any kind of ways whatsoever that can have a tangible impact on reducing the effect of stress on the body now One of the things that we've talked about quite a lot is how exercise can benefit and we sat down with one of our Better Babies expert advisors, Natalie Ferris, who's a pre and postnatal specialist who is particularly focused on how exercise can help us with conception and particularly its role on stress. So the good news here is that actually there's quite a lot of science behind it and the even better news is that research shows that just doing five minutes a day can be powerful. Now, the other issue that we talk about a lot is that exercise is quite a broad thing and it can be done in the right way, in which case it's a very good thing, but it can also be done in the wrong way and can actually make things worse. Now, typically most people, um, when they do a workout, usually end up feeling better. Um, Now, there's obviously a lot of reasons which we'll go on to, but... The actual science behind it is quite simple. If you are doing the right type of exercise, then what it does effectively is release beneficial hormones and neurotransmitters. So we know that serotonin is the happy hormone, dopamine, you know, some neurotransmitters have been shown to be tangibly released by exercise and particularly exercise that you enjoy. Now, most of the studies have shown that this comes from moderate aerobic exercise. And that's what's important because actually if you are doing lots of very extreme exercise, so say for example a high intensity class, repeatedly and especially from a very stressful day, then actually what you're going to end up doing is stressing your body out further. Now of course that's not to say that there isn't a place for high intensity exercise and these hit classes that have become Uh, big but what Natalie always reminds us is that your body needs to have time to recover and then you also need to be sensible and listen to your body if you've had a very very stressful day doing a very stressful workout might not be the best thing maybe think about doing something like yoga or pilates or something as simple as getting off a stop earlier on the bus or the subway or whatever mode of transport you have taking a walk just doing something that gets the blood flowing and as I said the interesting part is research has shown that at least just 5 minutes can make a difference and it's especially important obviously if you've got desk jobs um but getting your legs stretched and the blood flowing every opportunity can really make a difference so what type of exercise we've obviously mentioned that um, hit can be a stressor on the body particularly if you're trying to conceive because remember if your body senses that uh, there is stress or a threat and that can be a physical stress physical threat um, from too much intense exercise then it is not going to really deem it to be an environment that's safe to bring a baby in Um, So if you are going to do that type of um, workout, then rest and recovery between sessions is very, very important. But of course, other types of exercise are linked to having the benefits of um, the exercise-related endorphin rush, but actually don't stress your body so much. So resistance training is a really good thing to do. So relatively low impact, once again, gets the blood flowing. And also doing things like concentrating on your breathing um, is, is a powerful thing it's almost meditative in a way it's also been shown to flight inflammation now physical stress um, is something that um, manifests itself in the body in many ways and actually exercise can help with another physical stressor which is sugar and specifically incorrect blood sugar control or fluctuations now exercise has a big effect on glucose levels and your glucose tolerance Um, And then blood flow also makes sure that everything gets to the brain, provides it with the essential nutrients. And the reality is abnormal glucose can lead to brain impairments and actually lead to more stress. So once again, it's another thing that is very powerful, not only for your body, but also for your mind. Now, the other thing that Natalie made the point about is it's really important to do things that you enjoy. Um, there's no point fighting into doing something as you're less likely to do it on a repeated basis and you probably aren't going to get quite the same level of satisfaction and endorphin high that you would so the key thing is is to do what you enjoy and to try and find something even if it's a short amount of time to do every single day so if you wanted to see more about the different types of exercise and also what Nataline's own routine looks like as she herself is trying to conceive, then check out betterbabies.com. There's lots more on there about physical stress and particularly ways you can reduce it. But the good news here, it doesn't take much, no excuses, five minutes, it's just about taking the time to find out what you enjoy and just using any excuse you can to move your body. Okay, so we know that our food supply on the whole and our traditional diets are not the best for getting nutrients into the body, but one alarming thing is that actually, according to research, and again, check out betterbabies.com if you want to see the stuff behind this, a lot of us are deficient in something very crucial, something known as iodine. Now, why is this so important? Well, let's take a step back and look at what's happening um, with a lot of children born today. Number one, we know that neurodevelopmental issues are on the rise in babies and children, so this can be anything from ADHD to autism to any kind of neurological issue. We also know that in many cases it's taking us longer to get pregnant in the first place. Now research is showing that one of the many potential drivers behind this is low iodine and once again we're realising that many of us are also deficient in this. Now one important thing to note of course is that some of the things that we're talking about there are many many causes but we're just looking at one here. Um, So we're going to go through about why iodine is so crucial, what happens if we don't get enough, and most importantly, how we can make a change and get enough to support our bodies and hormones. So taking a step back, iodine is a mineral, which sounds simple enough, but it's really crucial for thyroid function. And the thyroid is central to conception, pregnancy, and early years, and particularly when it comes to brain development. Why does it matter so much? Well in a nutshell and you can get into more of the science if you want to on betterbabies.com but iodine plays an important role because the thyroid uses it to make two very important hormones which are known as T3 and T4 and in a nutshell these two hormones in various forms that they come in are responsible for things like cell division, for growth and development and ovulation so pretty important for all the journey that we're going through. There are also things responsible for things like metabolism, repair immune system function, mental state and weight management. So all of these things also have an indirect knock-on effect to uh, conception, pregnancy and early years of a child life. So the question is, how much do we actually need? Well, one thing to note is that a woman's iodine requirements actually increase substantially during pregnancy. So it goes from 150 to 250 micrograms per day. Now, where do we actually get iodine from? Now, the trouble is that most food sources are actually relatively low in iodine, and that might not be enough to meet our daily requirements. So this is why in many countries we've now got salt fortified with iodine. And I have to say, this has been one of the most successful nutritional interventions. Um, And now as many as 70% of the world's household do have access to iodized salt, which is brilliant, of course. So... When it comes to conception, what do you need to think about? So the new research has suggested that iodine has an important impact on fertility and particularly time to conception. So there's um, a number of studies out there, but one looked at um, 500 American women who are trying to become pregnant and the women with moderate to severe iodine deficiency showed nearly a 50% decrease in the likelihood for conception compared with women with normal iodine levels. So that just goes to show. Now we mentioned brain development. Once again, research has shown that moderate to severe iodine deficiency during pregnancy does increase the rate of a number of things that we don't want. So, spontaneous abortion, birth weight, infant mortality. But interestingly, it's shown to play an important role in preparing the baby for life outside of the womb. So studies have shown that from mid-pregnancy, so around 24 to 28 weeks, various forms of these two very important hormones, so T3 and T4, alongside the thyroid stimulating hormone, actually rise. And then at birth, there's a sudden release of all three hormones. And that's believed to help the baby adjust to life outside of the womb. Now, this does matter for um, a baby being born, but also for a baby's brain development. And in fact, not having enough, research has shown can reduce in, reduce verbal IQ, reduce fine motor skills, verbal abilities, and it has, as I mentioned, been linked to behavioural issues and increased incidence of ADHD. Now, all of this being said, no use unless we can do something about it, can this be rectified. Well, interestingly, correction of mild to moderate iodine deficiency in primary school age children actually really improved the cognitive and motor functions. Um, now how do you actually do things to reduce the risk of iodine deficiency now there's two things to actually bear in mind which are the avoids because funnily enough there's something that actually reduces um, iodine in your system so firstly our old enemy the pesticides and specifically glyphosate so again you can see much more detail up on the website but one of the leading experts in how glyphosate impacts developing children Stephanie Seneff at MIT argues that there's significant evidence showing that glyphosate impacts um, the production of the thyroid-stimulating hormone. So there is a link there to to that. And secondly, bromine, which is something that has been found to block iodine-rich foods from being useful and absorbed to some extent. And where do you find bromine? Well, in some industrially processed and packaged foods. So yet another reason to avoid and just make your own. Now, where can you find more iodine if you're concerned? Well, food, as I said, is not generally speaking high in iodine, but there are that have higher concentrations than most. So sea vegetables, so think kelp or seaweed, cranberries, plain yogurt, strawberries, potato, seafood, although we remember, go low down the food chain to avoid the mercury, eggs, green peas, cheese, wild-caught cod, and bananas. list is all up on the site. But of course, again, it's all about eating a balanced diet. Now we do, as I said, have iodized salt. Um, Of course, against this, we do need to keep salt intake um, at a regulated level during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Um, But in Europe, in fact, it's recommended that multivitamins are given to pregnant and breastfeeding mothers to reach this requirement. So it is worth checking if your supplement has the required amount. And if in doubt about any of this or you've got any questions, you just discuss this with your doctor who can easily give you a test. Now, some signs to watch out for and speak to your doctor if you're concerned that you might not be getting enough and that you may, these are in fact signs that your thyroid is not working, which could be because of low iodine, um, is things like heightened sensitivity to cold, fatigue, constipation, depression, irritability, weight gain or trouble losing weight, coarse dry hair, hair loss, muscle cramp, memory loss, and abnormal cycles. Of course, what I've just mentioned could be a sign of many things, but if in doubt, just speak to your doctor. Um, And ideally, what you want to do is to get any thyroid issues that you might have addressed before conception. And any doctor, if you go to them and ask for a test, will be happy to do so. So all in all, as with everything, conception, pregnancy, and early years is the time that's most crucial to have our bodies in balance and working order. And modern lifestyles and our food chain does make it more difficult. Um, but if you are concerned that you're not getting what you need from your diet, the first port of call is to speak to your doctor and get this blood test. That's where there is no guesswork, and you know what you're dealing with. After all, forewarned is forearmed, and it's much better than wildly taking supplements that might not be necessary. So once again, it's just having some awareness, but much more detail on the web. Finally, it's on to our friends, Chlorella and Spirulina, two types of algae that we have become increasingly fascinated by. Now, if you do get a chance, I would highly recommend listening to last week's podcast with Catherine Arnston, who is a leading expert in algae. I found it thoroughly fascinating to see the power of these foods. They are foods, they're not supplements. Um and particularly their power around conception, pregnancy and early years. They are definitely things that we should all be digging into. Now, there was a lot in there, so we thought it would be useful to distill down into a few key points how these can actually help and particularly how it can help for our conception, pregnancy and early years journey. So the first thing we learned from Catherine is that algae is the most nutrient-dense food in the world. And very interestingly, it has the highest concentration of chlorophyll. Now, why is chlorophyll important? Well, many, many things. This is what makes a plant green, for example, but some interesting points is that they actually, well, it's a near identical chemical composition to hemoglobin, and that's the important part of your blood that carries oxygen round. It's also a fat-based pigment, and essentially what it does is it's crucial for cell walls. Now, just like the gut that filters out the good things and makes sure they get into our blood and gets rid of the bad things, the cell walls also need to be in the most optimum state. And what uh, chlorella does, or the chlorophyll within it, I should say, actually ensures that these cell walls really can function in the best possible way. So letting the good things in and the bad things out because obviously we know that the genesis of many diseases is when things go wrong on a cellular level. So that's on chlorophyll. Um, Now, interestingly enough, spirulina, which is uh, one type of algae, actually has the highest concentration of protein out there. Now, of course, we were just talking about dioxins and how um, they are found more in animal protein. We also know that protein is super important to have in the diet, so there can be some challenges with going plant-based, but if you do want to have up your increase or, of plant-based food and still get your protein in, spirulina is actually the go-to food. Now, what's interesting is that actually it has almost three times more than on a steak on a gram-for-gram basis. And actually, um, it has been shown to have things like, uh, or in fact, virtually an identical amino acid profile, which is the chain that make up the proteins, to colostrum, which is actually um, the first milk. Now, we always talk about complete proteins, which is basically a specific chain of eight um, different amino acids, spirulina has 18 aminos so once again it shows how important it is it also has a very high concentration of omega-3 something that we talk again a lot about as being crucial to brain development and reducing inflammation it also has something called gla and there's only one place more uh, that has that and that's breast milk So we talked to Catherine a lot, particularly about the recent concerns around spirulina showing neurotoxicity. And she went through in detail why that one particular article was deeply flawed. So in her 10 years of experience, she has found no significant evidence that this is the case. So continue on with that. Now, chlorella is the other form of algae, um, which actually has the most chlorophyll, which we talked about. It also has high levels of protein, so 60%. And the other super interesting thing about it is that it actually absorbs and binds to toxins in our body. So pretty much anything, any type of toxin, but particularly it's known for heavy metals. But of course, if you're looking for your body to be in an utmost uh, state to house a baby, then having something like chlorella, which can bind to the toxins, as long as you are also helping your body to flush these away, so lots of sweating, lots of hydration, is actually really, really useful. So I would strongly recommend having a look at um, the words of wisdom from Catherine. So all of that is on the web, or of course tune in to uh, last week's podcast. So that concludes our weekly wrap-up. We hope you've enjoyed. Once again, as I've mentioned many times, These are just the highlights for all the science behind it, plus all the articles and research. Check out betterbabies.com. And if you do enjoy our podcast, please, please do give us a shout out. Um, Either follow us on Instagram at sarahbetterbabies or do leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Any questions, please send us an email. You can contact us via the website or on Instagram. We'd always love to hear from you. Until next week.